What's up, everybody? This is the Disciple Makers Podcast by Discipleship.org. I'm your host, Dave Stovall. Today, we're going to be hearing from Jason Hauser of Seeds Family Worship. Seeds wants to inspire all ministry leaders. That means you in this next episode with a call to action to not miss the moment you've been given as a leader to powerfully impact the lives of the next generation. We all see the battle in culture over the hearts of the young, and the enemy is most definitely sowing seeds of confusion at every turn. This is your moment as a ministry leader to speak truth and bring the light of the gospel into young hearts. I hope that this episode gets you inspired and pumped up today to serve your local church and help out by being effective in your children's ministry. Let's listen to Jason Hauser as he encourages us with his story today. Enjoy the episode, everybody. How's everybody's day going today? Good. Well, I'm so glad everybody's here. I want to I wanna pray for us. And then what I did in our, our last group, I just want to do a little bit here because I, I like to get to know just a little bit of the people here and just have a couple of people share just who they are, just what church you're part of and what ministry you serve in. Just so we can. And then the, our time together, I want us to have a conversation. I think we're stepping into these things where we learn from each other. I am also learning a ton. And I want to really, you know, as I shared out there, but I mean, I think we need to do some things like significantly differently than we're doing for families. And I want to learn from you guys too. So I'll be asking questions, but get ready, get, get ready to talk. Cause we're going to have, this will be some teaching and some conversation together. All right. So let's pray for the Lord to lead us. Lord Jesus, God, we just, we agree together that you are good. Just your goodness. We've experienced it. God, you've worked in all of our lives. That's why we're here. And God, you've called each of us in our own way to serve you in some capacity and being in here, getting to serve families, serve parents, serve kids, being this, I believe, critical moment in time for families, that we can step in the gap for some families, that we can help parents learn um, your plan for how to pass their faith down to their kids, learn how to fight some of these battles. Also, we get to encourage families. We get to bring courage into homes, God, that maybe is not there. And and Lord, we all have our struggles and, and just issues with our own families and things where we need help. And God, I just pray that you'll meet us and teach us and help us all, God, as we're, we are looking for what's the next step that you want us to take in the things you've called us to do and in the areas you called us to lead. And God, just thank you for your work. We trust you, your Holy Spirit, just lead this time together. Be in our conversation. Be in the center of all this. And uh, we love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Okay, well, I want to show you guys this video. This is connected... Um, with with the book that I was a part of creating for family discipleship. But I really, we just did this, this video isn't really about the, the book. It's really about just the heart of what I think we want to communicate to parents. And, and one of the things that I've learned and that the whole theme is like, don't miss this moment. And especially when the kids are younger, you know, it, sometimes when maybe with parents, like you're just raising kids and you're doing all the physical things and with, with elementary age kids, but it's, it's such a formative time um, just in their education and in their spiritual development. It's such an important time. And so we don't want to miss these moments that we have to impact them and, and making discipleship the most important thing. So I, I think this, this video we created just really captures the heart of that. So I wanted to share that to kind of kick off our time and our discussion. The greatest opportunity 
for your child to come to faith in Jesus is through you. So don't miss this moment. Parents are called to care for our physical and emotional needs. But their greatest call is to provide for our spiritual needs. Deuteronomy 6 in the Bible tells parents to love God and have His Word in their hearts. And then it says this, You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit at home, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Our worldviews are basically set by the age of 13. And 94% of adult Christians made their decision to follow Jesus before their 18th birthday. Nearly two in three Christian parents say they want to disciple their children, but they don't know where to start. It's easy for kids and parents to get distracted and swept up in all the less important things in culture that steal our precious time together. The greatest opportunity for your child to come to Jesus is through you. So don't miss this moment. I think that really just captures like just the statistic where it says, you know, 94% of people that come to faith do so before the age of 18. And, and I mentioned in our first class, I mean, with, I try to, to just give, give a wide open gap for statistics because people can throw things around and they can be spun. But if you say really three quarters of people that come to faith do so before the age of 18. So it's such a critical time. And so in this class, we're like we were talking in my last breakout about parents. This is going to be more toward ministry leaders, but it's, it's all connected. But, but I just want to say, like, during our time together, I want to share how I believe we can inspire ministry leaders and our volunteers to invest in the next generation. That this is such an important moment, such an important time for them to say, this is worth your time to, to come volunteer, to be used. I mean, we're, we're serving the Lord, right? We're volunteers, like we're not getting paid, but we're called. You know, and at certain times, we're, we're going to be on full-time staff, like you're coming on to staff, but you've served in children's ministry. You know, there's just the different seasons, but it's really like, where are we going to invest our lives? And to invest the lives in, the, in these kids, whether it's children's, middle school, youth ministry, it's like it's worthy of our investment because it'll have a huge impact on the kingdom. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I believe it's a front line of the battle. You know, that this is where many of the front lines of the battle is. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen. Oh, yeah. I want to make sure we're connecting. So, uh, so I want to create a conversation around these things. And um, you guys got to, already got to hear a little bit about the Seeds Family worship. And, and so <clears throat> I want to go down here. So I want to begin our conversation in Ephesians chapter 4. And if you do have a Bible, your phone, I think it would be helpful just to, to pull it out. And it, it's Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16 is what we're going to read. And this really talks about the just equipping, the, how the, the church leaders are supposed to equip others for the work of the ministry. All right, so beginning in verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. 
Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So pause right there. I think this is just so important for us as ministry leaders, or as we're serving, or as volunteers, but for everyone to understand, like, we are all in ministry, right? Somebody's like, oh, oh you're in ministry. Oh, I do ministry. We're part. It's like every person is called to a ministry. And, and the metaphor I like to use is those that are serving in the church, the pastors and teachers, we're more the coaches, right? We're equipping the saints for the work of the service. And that's, if you've heard that talked about, this is the passage where that comes from. But I, I just think uh, sometimes like, oh, well, you're, we're going to let like the pastor handle that, or we're going to let this, we'll know that really the, the bigger story is the equipping of people so that we can all do the ministry that God has called us to. And then verse 14, oh, and then, then, and then the goal is so that we're all going, we're all growing in maturity. So us that are serving within the church, that are equipping the saints, and then all of us as we're ministering, like that's how we grow and mature in our faith. Then verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Okay, do we see a lot of that happening in our culture today? I mean, so I'm mean, reading this and I'm like, I'm reading it in a new way. As I'm, I feel like as I was preparing for this, and this is actually since I've been here in Indiana, like the Spirit just led me to this scripture and I'm just reading it and I'm like, this is what is happening is, is just not having deep roots within the church. And that you see like when, we were, when we're not mature in our faith, when we're not seeing things rightly, that we're tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. So maybe that's right. Or we're being driven by our feelings, like Pastor Jim talked about earlier, and we're not grounded in truth and, and what God says is true and what is reality. But if when we, let's see, so we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. I mean, that just sounds so much like our time. And how things are framed in our culture that are, that we talk about, like the way people, I'm going to go ahead and bless you, Ab. I'm going to go ahead and just push a, a hot button issue here. But when people talk about abortion, the words that people use around that, you know, healthcare for women and, and just it's twisting the truth so much that they try to, so clever they sound like truth. It's just there's so much cleverness going on in our culture and how what's being said. But instead for us, so here's what God's calling us to do. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the church, his body. Uh, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I, I just love where that is just landing to say, you know, the goal is when we are working together, when we are just doing the work that God's called us all into ministry, that we're building each other up and we're doing that together with love and to work together with other people, Christians included, we got to have a lot of grace. Can everybody say amen to that? And everybody's got to have a lot of grace for us, right? Like we have to do that. There's a dance that happens and we have to, I mean, this is a shocker. You probably don't need to write this down, okay? But this, but a lot of people don't think this. Like, we gotta work at relationships. 
right? I mean, that's the crazy thing is we take all these classes, do all these things, but like relationships are hard. You know, and I'm right now, I'm, my wife and I are, um, with a, like a marriage counselor and, and she's also doing some coaching for me. And as we've become empty nesters and as our lives have changed, we've entered into this new season, I mean, that we weren't ready for, you know, and we're sitting in our house one night and our, our oldest boys are musicians. I mean, Abby, she makes a lot of noise. We, we're a noisy family except for mom, right? So we just do things, play. She says, friends over, we have these things, but our house has just been full of music and life. And, and all of a sudden, one night I'm sitting there, it's so quiet. And my wife is more of a quiet person. And it's just, the quiet was so loud for me. I was, and I was just like, <laughs> and, and, and I just kind of said, broke the, I broke the silence by saying, I can't handle this. <laughs> and my wife was like looking at me like, what are you talking about? You know, but you go into this new season, you're not ready for that. And there really is for parents, it's like our lives, in, I think in a good way, we're so centered around our kids and activities and games and life. And, and we love that. But it's like God's moving us to a new place. But it's like for us, we, we're we like, hey, we really need some help like figuring out a, a combined vision for our future. Like where is God leading us? And so we bring other people in our story. There's just like I shared earlier, like other people have been speaking into our lives. I want to encourage you. That can look like your church community, you know, counseling, but whatever, to have other people that are coming alongside you in these times, because it's, it's so good, because we have to work at relationships. So don't be surprised when we have to work together. But when we do work together, this scripture says, as each part does its own work, like God's gifted us all with different personalities, different talents. When we're all working together, it helps the other parts grow, and so we can grow and have healthy relationships and be full of love. I mean, that's what we want, right? I mean, that's just, the, that is what we're going for, and we don't always have that, but that's what we're seeking to have. So, <clears throat> so we're equipping people for the works of the service in order to build up the body of Christ. And so what's, what is the result we're not going to be so influenced by our culture and thrown off by the, the quote-unquote, bless you, new teaching that isn't ultimately in tune with God's Word. One of the things for me as a musician and working professionally in Nashville, I got to work with just so many incredible musicians and some of the best guys that played on, you know, a lot of big country music. I mean, there's certain guys, like especially back in the, in the 90s, where when you, if you listen to any country music, any country music fans in here, all right, we got some country here in Indiana. I like that. So, but if you listen to country music, there was like a certain group of good, like players that would play in so many different albums. Like, oh, we played in Tim McGraw's album and Brooks and Dunn's album and Alan Jagger, they were like these guys. And so I got to work with some of these guys in the studio and the guitar players, you know, you would sit down and whenever they were going to record, like they'd always tune. They'd just be tuning their instrument and they'd play, and then they'd play their guitar solo and they're like just shredding. And they're like, well, you're like, that was amazing. They're like, no, I can do it better. I can do it better. And you're like, wow, that was so awesome, you know. But then, so then they'd finish the, okay, we're going to cut it again. So like, then, okay, they're going to tune their guitar again. And then, and this is like all day long, tuning, tuning, tuning. But that is such a great metaphor for us as believers with God's word is we constantly need to be tuning ourselves. And as we've talked about throughout this day, it's like being in Scripture every day is not a religious work. It's like, and it's not like, oh, 
God's mad at you. You didn't read your X chapter or verse or this. But it's like, it's just that tuning. It's like we're tuning our hearts. It's always, we always need that constant tuning. Just like no matter how great the instrument is, no matter how expensive the instrument is, and no matter how great the musician is, the tuning is always important to stay in tune, to, to bring your very best. And so we need to just tune ourselves to God's word. Then we're not going to be thrown off by this new teaching that ultimately is out of tune. There's, there's so many things in culture. Sometimes some things are very dissonant to the word, but some things are just a little bit out of tune. And like was mentioned earlier, it's just a little bit out of tune and we're sliding away, we're drifting away. But we won't be tricked by the lies that, that sound like truth. And there's a lot of that out there. We will grow in our relationships with the Lord and become more like Him. He will use us, each of us, in the ways He created us to work together for the greater purposes as each part does its work. So uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I went to a, a, a church camp in like northern Idaho, and it was cool for me because I just got invited by a friend from school. I don't think he was a Christian either, but we were going to go on a hundred-mile bike ride. And so, and then we, and a youth leader from our church, I mean, God bless the youth leader that's willing to do a hundred-mile bike ride with a couple of, like, middle schoolers. <laughs> and so, so we, but we did, we did the bike ride. I remember one time on the, on the way up, you know, we're, we're riding, and I'm, like, drinking my water, and I dropped my water bottle like on the ground as we're riding, and I, I said a cuss word, you know, and my, uh, <clears throat> the youth leader guy was like, hey, dude, hey, dude, be cool, you know, as he kind of passed me, he's like, be cool, man, and, and so, and I was like, of course, I'm a, I'm a middle schooler, so I'm like, I thought that was cool, you know what I mean, I'm trying to be cool, like, you know what I mean, but like, but he, but that guy up at youth camp, I ended up being in his cabin, and, and he ended up just sharing the Lord with me, and that's when I committed my life to the Lord, but then as I became a Christian, um, you know, my mom had, her, her dad had been a, a pastor, but then my dad's not a believer, still not a believer, and my parents are divorced, but they, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so I became a Christian, and then God started working in my, in my mom's life, and she came back to church, and my younger brother got saved later, and now my older brother has become a believer, so it's awesome, you know, but God did that through work in, in my life, but I didn't have a context of like, okay, here's how you do family discipleship. Here's how, as a parent, you do that. You know, and I think so many families for us as ministry leaders, we got to understand, like, I think that's more normative. Right. So if and if anybody doesn't feel comfortable asking any question I ask, you don't have to answer. But I mean, raise your hand if you like grew up in a non-Christian home or like maybe your parents aren't believers. OK, a few. And OK, raise your hand if you grew up in a Christian home where your parents are believers. Okay, so a lot of us, okay, well, that's, that's awesome. And so, okay, now I'm going to go one level deeper. So if you grew up in a Christian home, did your parents um, just have like an, kind of an intentional discipleship? Did, did they disciple you or did you just more like were you in church? So if you were like, in, you feel like you're intentionally discipled by your parents. How many people that? Okay. And then how many of those are you are, are like, well, you went to church, like you went to church consistently and that was more of your thing, but you didn't have that. Okay. And so... Yeah, so that that's pretty normal, right? So there's there's a few like more intentional parents, and then there's a lot of us like, yeah, we're like parents that they would go to church and take us to church, but then there weren't things happening at home. But I really feel like for the generation now that just the parent just taking our kids to church, I mean, it's just not enough. And I, and I feel like we need to teach our parents. And like I said out there earlier, I mean, I really feel like as a church we need to pray and think about. What does it look like to 
to do parent discipleship. <clears throat> and I threw out my crazy idea. <laughs> but, right, but sometimes I like to do that because it's like, okay, but, but let's think different. Like, let's just shake it up a little bit. Like, what? Because we need to look at, like, oh, we're going to go do a th- even a three-month awesome parenting class is great. And it, it's a jump start. But then it's like going to the gym for three months. It's like, I did awesome for three months, and then I went back to being myself. You know what I mean? And I love to eat a bowl of cereal at night before bed. And so, amen. Can we get an amen to that? Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Okay, and that's my, that's my default, right? If I don't work against that, the Frosted Flakes will be like, it's 10 o'clock, dude. It's prime time. <laughs> yeah, your bowl's empty. Come on, man. Exactly. You know? So, so it's like, I think we have to really do some equipping, you know, to go and just change the culture, you know, that like we're going to be sticking with my, my gym metaphor. It's like, okay, no, we're going to like make, rather than just go hard for three months, we're going to be like, teach you how to have this as part of your culture that you're, if you work out two times a week, you're going to be doing a whole lot better, you know, for a whole year than just having some intensity for just a, a shorter period of time. So I want to talk through um, just four foundation stones for, for Deuteronomy 6. So I'm going to read this scripture for us again, Deuteronomy 6, and, and feel free to look it up, um, just 4 through 7. And I shared this at the Renew, but I want us to talk through it and ask some questions about just these, what I feel like just these four building blocks for Deuteronomy 6 that we can share with families. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today are to be on your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit at your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. And so as I break this down, so foundation stone number one is just that commitment. Committing first and foremost, I think for you know, American families specifically is like, there's only one God. There's so much humanism in our culture. There's so much, just speaking of like coexisting and like, it, it's like we can have our own truth, right? Well, that's, that's your truth, right? But we have to say like, there's, there's only one truth and there's only one God. And Joshua 24, 15 as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I think we just need to have our parents put a stake in the ground. And I think it starts right here when it says, Hero people of God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's only one God. And then the next step, the foundation stone number two, is disciple parents to love God and to know his word. And so th- this is really... I think the first one is really putting a stake in the ground for the parents just to commit their relationship. But, but this is like, okay, there is this parent discipleship piece. Like, and really uh, talking about like on the parent side, because I, I talked to somebody a couple days ago at the Renew Gathering, and, and she was saying, how do I deal with, her question was, how do I deal with the God of sports with my families? And she goes, I just get so... She goes, I just get so discouraged. She goes, I'm just really in a place of discouragement. And I just wonder if you had some encouragement for me. And I, and I said, I know this is something that we contend with. And of course, it's sports, it's, um, it's music, it's dance, it's whatever. So it's like, not to, because there are benefits of each one of these things for discipleship, right? If we use sports as a discipleship tool, but we have it in its right place, it can be great. Music can be great. I mean, these are equipping things and giftings that God's given, but they so easily become idols, 
right? And for our family, I mean, we had, I'll share a couple of stories with you on, on that, just some specific, this is helpful for me to know, like, okay, how do you deal with these situations? And we had, with our oldest son, the first thing that really came up was he wanted to do travel soccer, okay? And so we had it, and we were talking about it, and he's like, I really want to do this, and my friend's doing this. Well, the friend he wanted to do travel soccer with was not a good influence in his life. So strike one, and for this one, we only needed two strikes to be out, by the way. So strike one, <laughs> two strikes and you're out. Now, so the friend, we knew this wasn't a good influence of a friend. We'd try to have the friends come over and spend time at our house. It's like encouraging parents to know their kids' friends, know who your kids are hanging out with is so important. So we knew this wasn't a good influence. Plus travel soccer, well, how much will you be gone? We're, we're not a family to say, you can never miss a Sunday morning, but we were very committed to church. My boys would say maybe I, I was pretty intense about going to church on Sundays. <laughs> I could have been a little more chill, but we were like, okay, first, you, so it's not like we could never miss you for a game, but it was too much. It was too much to go. But we're sitting with our son. We're on the couch. We're saying, hey, mom and I have talked about this. We prayed about it. We said, let us think about it. We, we always tried to work through this. We always tried to listen to their needs and opinions, but we said, let us think about it. But then we came back to him and we said, hey, every decision we make, it, it's just not about you. It's about our whole family. And we've really prayed about this. We feel like right now, travel soccer is not going to be the best thing for you. And we can't do it right now. And he's like, well, can, can we please do it? And then, and then the tears, you know, in his eyes. And this not not a super emotional, our old. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, you know, and we're like, no, you know. We're sorry, but no. And so then he leaves, goes to his room, and we're just, we're sitting there, and we just feel so bad. It's so bad, right? I mean, your heart, like, you went so bad to say yes, but, but we knew that this was the right choice at that time. You know, we just, we just trusted it. And here's the thing. A little bit later that night, he came back out. We had dinner together. We're talking. We, I mean, kids are pretty resilient. I mean, it was disappointing, but I was honestly, I was surprised at how he came back in and it wasn't a big issue. It was really hard at the moment. And we were like, are we, are we messing up? Should we just let him? I'm like, I want to let him play. Do you want to let him play? She's like, yeah, <laughs> let's just let him play soccer. Let's all go. Let's, let's be travel soccer parents, you know, but no, but we knew we needed to stand. That was a stand our ground moment. It was a stand our ground moment for our son. And I, and, and again, that influence, that boy that we were concerned about really went on to struggle. I think still struggling, you know. And then we had another, okay, so now second child, we went to level two, okay. So then our, our middle son, Brandon, he, he was really good at football, our small Christian school, and we, and we loved our kids being in sports, you know, but they did discipleship within their sports, and, but they ended up going to states. So we loved being a part of that. But then basketball, the basketball team happened, and they wanted our and our son wasn't as good at basketball, and it was like, you can't do everything. And we tried to, we started limiting sports, again, around our family. And I think we just tell families, hey, it's not just about you. It's so healthy to say, it's not just about you, it's about the whole family, right? And then it's also about the most important things is we want to help you grow in your faith. And so we're going to make these decisions based on all of this. And it's not all about you, and that's so healthy for the kids. And so... He was like, well, I really would like to play basketball. And if I don't play basketball, our team's not going to do well this year. And so, Dad, the basketball team would like to come over and meet with you. And I was like, really? And he's like, yep, they just, you know, they feel like they just want to come and 
I was like, all right, all right, yeah, have the basketball team come over to us. So the, the leader of the basketball team, so here it comes, and we're like, hey, you guys, and they're coming over, and then the whole team's going over, and our living room's full of the basketball team. And the guy that's kind of the team leader, he's like, Mr. Hauser, man. And I was like, man, I appreciate you guys coming over here, and just let's talk about this. And he's like, Mr. Hauser, I... I understand your reservations. He, he was ready. He prepared his speech. I understand your reservations about Brandon playing. And, and, I, you know, and we're, you know, we're working out the season. We're not going to practice as much. I know your family's important to you. But, man, our team really needs Brandon. And, and we're going to take care of him. We're going to look after him. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You know, so he just gives him his, his best you know, pitch. But I just said, hey, here's the thing. I so appreciate you, what you guys are doing. And, and I know Brandon would bring a lot of energy to your team. He's a leader, and I get that. But Brandon's also on another team. This, this family is his team, too. And so I have to consider, like, I totally will consider your request about what you want to do. But I've also, but at the end of the day, I got to let you know, I'm going to do what's best for our family and what I think is going to be best for Brandon. And he's like, and I'm just, and it was cool to get to share that with the basketball team. I think the Lord had a bigger moment for that to just go, hey, I get, the, and I want you guys to do to do well, but there's a bigger thing, and so we end up saying, no. And 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 Brandon was was cool with it. Again, at that stage, we're like, we have family conversations. So, hey, how do you feel about that? We don't feel like this is the right thing. He's like, I'm good with it. But the thing we did in that instance that I think we can encourage parents with is we gave our son an out. Again, we stood in the gap for him, too, because then it's not like, oh, he's the bad guy. Like, I'm like, hey, you can throw us under the bus if you want to do that. And be like, well, my parents won't let me go. Or my parents will kill me if I do that. Like, don't worry about that. Please do that. Like, we want to help you, right? We want to help you make great decisions. Like, my parents are just, oh, they're just like that. You know, it's like, yeah, be, you can be cool like that. Your friends, but just don't go be a part of that. Like, we're always good for you to use us as, as the out. And like that, I think we, we helped stand in, in the gap for Brandon. So. so here's the question I want to put out there to us is, I mean, how can we, like, communicate some of these things to parents, to train parents in our churches um, just for, for the hearts of their kids? I mean, how, how can we help, like, impress these things on parents that may not see, you know, even like the, the sports thing. I, I, I really think, and I mean, please argue with me if you disagree, but I think that a lot of people, like they send their kids up for travel sports and they don't get that them never being at church for a year will impact their kids' spiritual life. I mean, what would you say? Can anybody speak to that? Is that true? Like, or do you think parents are like, well, we kind of want to be at church, but we really feel like we should, we want to do, we, he's so gifted as an athlete. I mean, what, could somebody speak to this? Because I think it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a sports crazy culture, at least in our town, that the kids aren't on the travel team. So by the time they're seven years old, they're not going to play in high school. So mm-hmm. they have a lot of parents. Oh, so it's seven, seven years old? Seven. If they're behind, they're at seven, right? If you're five, you're kind of killing it. <laughs> so I think some parents feel like they have to in order to ensure that their child has future opportunities. Like, oh, if I don't let my child play travel ball, they'll never get to play middle school. They won't get to be part of the high school team. They're, they'll feel like their kid is missing out, and they'll feel like it's their fault for preventing them, and they're not considering, you know, their child is going to miss out on eternal things. They're not thinking right. about yeah. eternity. But they're feeling such a pressure. I mean, are they feeling like just such intense pressure from the other, 
from their kids or from, I mean, because a seven-year-old, I don't know. A seven-year-old I mean, doesn't really know the difference. Like It's an odd passion. Yeah. yeah. It goes into a, like a passion because, I mean, sports usually is uh, a couple months. Your typical sports deal is a couple months mm-hmm. out of the year. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing, the trend is, if it's not nine months out of the year, you're not really a sporty person. Well, they were encouraging, even our Christian schools, like, hey, if you really want to be, like, for the football team, you, they wanted you to play basketball. They wanted you to play, like, every sport, like, in track. They say, hey, if you really were serious about this, you'll do all the sports. And I'm, I'm just like, well, that's not, like, for our Christian environment, because we're a discipleship school, it's like, that's, because I'm, I'm like, for the coaches, like, well, where are the parents? Because I feel like I had to compete for time with my kids, right? And it's like, well, hey, we love for our kids to go to youth camp, but, you know, they've got football practice. Well, Kids get saved at youth camp. I got saved at youth camp. Yeah. Yeah. What if, you know, maybe, you know, they, they, they all, I think that they put the, 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 in their mind that whether they, whether they were good at sports or they weren't good at sports. Right. They want their kids to excel at sports. And that's, that's the most important thing in the, it's, it is the most important thing in the world's eyes. Right. Is the is the with their kids in that situation, and um, you know, I, I know we, me and my wife, had, we we deal with that. We sent our kids to, we we was fortunate. We sent our kids to a private school, mm-hmm. which they didn't play sports on, on Sundays. Mm-hmm. They didn't play sports on Wednesday nights. Yeah. So it didn't contradict. It didn't. It didn't. But but I think in public schools, you deal with with that a whole lot more because. Especially on travel teams. Yeah, and a lot of the travel teams, too, are not, like, in the school. They're kind of almost outside. Yeah, because a lot of our Christian families, too, they're like, oh, they're in travel sports. But then they're pretty much gone every weekend. Yes. You know, yes. I, want, I want my child to be, I wouldn't even, I mean, the thought in my mind at the time was, you know, he was, he was good. They were, all three of my kids was good at sports. Yeah. They could, but, you know, they, they made scholar. What's that? I look back on it now. I think, what was that? What, I mean, why, why was I more intense than that? Yeah, yeah. But we want them to, I mean, that's all things. We want good things for our kids. We want them to have these experiences being on a team. There's benefits from it, but it's become an idol in our culture. I mean, so it's like we look at the, some, you know, there's the, the truth and the lies. Like there's some truth in there. Like, oh yeah, there's some, there's some good stuff in that movie. Yeah, but there's also some horrible stuff in that movie, right? And so it's like, do you watch the movie or not? Well, it's like, well, okay, we have to kind of gauge and everything's mixed. But I, so here's my question, you know, because this is the reality. We're getting down to like the, the one of the core issues is this commitment. Because once you've committed to your coach, like you have to, be there, right? And so you, so you, so either you're in and you're all in and that runs things or you're out and you're all out and then you're not a part of it. And so, I mean, are there ideas like, how do we connect with families to say, you know, without their kids being outside of sports? You know, this is like a thing to, to where it's like, I just think we have to address. I think this is one of the core issues is, is basically extracurricular activities versus spiritual development, right? It's like, how can we help parents manage this thing? And some of us, because I also like, we. it's so fun to watch your kids play and do these things, but we have to say, okay, this is first. 
And, and the thing that, that my wife and I, we really did try to make the big decisions. We knew that the most important thing to us was for our, Karen, our, our kids to have their own relationship with the Lord. And so that's when we did the hard no things. But then also, you know, we also said yes a lot, had fun a lot. I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, you can't do anything. And I mean, we've got to find the balance, but it's, it's so much of this culture, the stuff that's culture driven that I feel like we need to help parents to go, okay, if the most important thing to you is for your kids to follow Jesus, how does that inform the decisions that you're going to make? And, and I think, right? I mean, that sums it up, right? And so maybe, maybe what, and again, I'm just working through this because I'm trying to figure out how do we can articulate it well in a bigger group so we can help each other kind of have this message. Because I feel like, especially in America, this is like we're hitting a wall here, you know? But I feel like maybe that that's what we just need to figure out how to really communicate. Like that video is one small step, but just like commun- create these communications to parents to say, this is, if you're a Christian parent and you truly love Jesus, like this needs to be the most important thing to you. And you ha- have to have this as your filter for these other decisions. And then I think when you, like Romans 12, 2, I, I go back to over and over again, but I think this is going to be a scripture that all parents are going to need to memorize. I need to write a song to this one, Romans 12, 2, but like, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. But it's like, we need to just tell people, no, hey, we're, our lives and, and are going to look different. And it's not like, oh, no, oh, I'm a Christian. My kids can't play sports. It's not that, but they can't maybe play every sport. And maybe it's not going to be the most popular. And maybe you're going to say, it's, it's for each family to decide. But if you say no on Sunday, just stick with it. And it's going to and let things fall. And of course, we've, a, lot, well, a lot of us have seen chariots of fire and different things that happen. Sometimes we take those stands and God really blesses it too, you know. Um, but yeah, I think maybe that's, that's what we need to be communicating to families and what I circling all the way back to the conversation that I had with the girl that said, what do I do about the sports God? My answer to her and my answer to you guys here at this conference about disciple making, I think it's really one family at a time. I think it's really taking the family that's going to respond. Well, I think first and foremost, it's prayer. I think we need to pray for God to move, you know, move that God can do the things beyond what we can do. So be praying for the situation. But the second thing I think is like you've, there's the family that's wrestling and struggling. It's like, I just think we need to go, okay, here's what's going on. Like my kid's struggling, this is going on. And, and start asking them. It's like, well, they're never at church where they're playing sports or they're playing every travel, 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 everything. And I'm like, and I would, I would say, hey, have you considered about them not playing travel sports? Well, no, I haven't considered that. <laughs> well, and then, then I would say, I think it'd be a good time to consider that. I think you should pray about that and let's talk and talk to them. Cause again, it's going to be a process. Just like as I shared a story, there's a messy process, but maybe it's just one family at a time to help them work through. I, I just wish we'd have to wait till those big problems because then they're in a crisis if we could do it before. But yeah, Debbie? I don't know. I just Yeah, different. Yeah. yeah different. But I don't know. Do you parents feel like it's just all or nothing? Like if, if I start my kid at, at seven in football, we have to, we have to consistently be there every single year in order to make them do. What if you just said, take a year off? Just take a year off. Would parents be resp- responsive to that? Or is it like, oh, no, we can't do that? I don't know where parents are. Um, mm-hmm. so I have no clue. I, mean, I think what you're saying is a lot of people get out of the flow. Yeah, what, what were you going to say? just get carried away just keeping up with everybody else, but 
Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, even when I was in school, like, you had to have boundaries because without right. it, I mean, it was pretty demanding when I was in school. And I mean, I went to high school with a young man, and he still, he didn't succeed in basketball, but basketball was his life. And so for the last 15 years, he's been living in his grandparents' basement because that was all his life being centered around. Yeah. And there was nothing. I mean, that was what was pushed, 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 and then once it was done, he didn't know how to cope, and he still doesn't. And so I think, just like when you had the basketball team come to your house, I think it's important to, like, you have those other parents say, hey, we want our kids to play, but Sunday is a priority that we're not willing to give. And yeah. eventually, it won't happen. And just like we've gotten there, because every parent just kind of give in, give in, give in, at some point, you got to stay with just yeah. Go back to your identity. Where is your identity? Is it in your sports or is it in Christ? What that's is right. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's part of it. And that's to me the question too is, is it all or nothing? Well, to me, it's like, can it be both? And that's where sometimes right now it is separate. Sports are generally, yeah. I'll call it, they're non faith based. Mm -hmm. They're non, it, it is about self pride, mm -hmm. self promotion. Mm -hmm. And that is counter to scripture. Yeah. But could you possibly say, if there was a group willing, create a travel sport where when you came, it was worshiping God? You collectively did something. You, the groups prayed beforehand. They, they worshiped him. When whoever won or lost, you worshiped God. So to me, it, there's a possibility. I, I, I agree. I'm Sports are great, and there's a thing called upwards basketball that younger kids do. It's a great ministry, and it's it's pretty much someone did it, <laughs> and they started it, and it's outreach, and they do worship and prayer, and it's a cool thing. But like as you grow, you, yeah, but it, exactly, but but really, sports are great for discipleship, but then they've just become such an idol. Did, did you have something you wanted to add? I, just, um, I feel like sometimes. Um, what you were saying, we have to process with, sometimes parents need help processing some yes. of the things. So, um, you know, when my kids got a little bit older, I would always say every decision has a, every decision you make, there's a price to be paid. So you have to, and they don't think about that. So sometimes just putting the, 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 the that out to parents, to, whatever you choose, there's going to be a cost. Mm -hmm. so identify those. Because they're not even thinking about, oh, we're going to miss church every Sunday. They're not even, well, right. when they think that's a price to be paid, they might go, oh, I, I, well, that's not what I want. Then they would choose, you know, but they don't, they're not thinking. They're keeping up with whoever. So I think just helping them process and identify what is the cost of this. Yeah. You're missing church every Sunday. Is that important to you? Is there another way? Is there a Saturday night service, or is there something else you can do yeah. to fill that gap? Um, well, and that's such, I mean, great parenting, too, for teenagers, like processing to help them. Yes. Because the goal is not, like, to make, I think, when we, there's too much pressure for parents, like, we're going to make decisions if there's too much, like, restriction so we, we tried to lighten the restrictions with every year, and then the senior year we tried to give quite a bit, you know, and there was a situation with our son, our middle son, that was like, this situation going on this date, and he's doing this thing, and my wife's like, you know, this might not go well, and this isn't like, this could happen, and this could happen, and I'm like, yeah, I, I know, I, I know that. And so the thing that she thought could happen, happened. 
<laughs> and but I was like, okay, but we know where he is, and we were able to, you know, a little bit circumvent the situation because we had heads up. But it, we we needed that. He, I think he needed it. We needed it. It's like, okay, now we know, and there was enough space because if we just kept making the decisions, it's like they're they're boxed in, and then when they they're out on their own fully, then there's just all the decisions, and then and so. I think that that helping them process and like, hey, the goal is like, I want to help you. I don't want to make good decisions for you. I want to help you learn how to make good decisions and uh, and also own like, oh, that was a bad decision. I got a parking ticket. I have to pay $150 because you told me not to speed 20 times and I'm going to pay the $150 of my own money. It's like, that's the same reason they give us tickets. <laughs> so it slows us down, right? But we help them learn that, you know, while they're at home. So. All right, I want to keep us moving just so I can go through these couple other points here. So then the foundation stone number three is just teach them diligently, have a strategy. And I think that's where what we talked about is just helping, again, just changing the culture, but just really simply giving the understanding for parents like they're the primary ones that need to pass their faith to their kids, but we want to help them figure out how to do that. And so whether it's like a weekly family night, whether it's conversations and dinners, but us discipling them on how to disciple their own kids, but doing that, doing it alongside them. It's not like you're alone in this. We're doing this together. You're in community. But it's like you need to be knowing, like, if I'm not doing, basically for parents, I mean, I would say if I don't do any spiritual training or development or praying at home, just Assume your kids probably aren't going to be Christians. If you don't do anything, then it's just it's just not going to be enough. And I mean that 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 may just sound totally harsh, but I I feel like if we don't say some things like that, then people are just they, they're just like, no, we're good. And it's like, no, you're not good. And it's like it's when the crisis comes, and then your your kid's life is blown up, or your somebody's pregnant or all this and we've and just nobody did anything and then now we're in a crisis and of course god can work in that right and so we can just go and so sometimes that's what we need to have the crisis to get us to the lord but it's like if we can do these things and again just the younger the better that we can just start teaching these families helping them have a strategy so and then foundation Number four is just equip parents to dis- disciple children. So that's, I mean, I put those two together, but it's, re- it's really just the philosophy of understanding what it is and then like, okay, here's how you do this. And, and I think for us as a church, um, it's like just having a, a way, it, there, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. And like I say, the, the resource that we created called Real Life Theology Conversations is like for parents nine to 12 to go through a 52-week curriculum that teach it, the parents can learn, write a song. Oh, yeah, and then we got there. But the parents can, and I'll, and I'll give you guys a, a card for all this, and we'll invite you to be a part of this. Jay talked about this at the end of our last class, if you're here. But, but and, and I'm just using this. I mean, I was one of the authors on this book. I'm definitely not trying to sell this book to you. This is an example of something that you can do, and I think it's a really good thing. But it really, this is one. I'm sure there's a lot of other things out there that would be equally as great. And can I have one of those cards? In the, but, but, what, but I think this is, um, and I was invited to be, to be a part of this, so this was already established, and they just helped me come in, because I'm a creative guy. I redid all the art design. I put all the fun games for kids in there. I brought the kid stuff, not the theology. <laughs> I made theology fun. That's what I did. 
So it's like, we better call Jason Hauser. I think he'll, all the, these people with their doctorates, they need the guy that writes uh, music to scriptures. You know what I mean? So they call me. So, but, but with this, like a, a, a family that doesn't have, like, they're just at a very beginning. They're, they're just got, they just got saved. They can go through this book with their kids and they don't have to know. Like it starts with what is truth. And then how can we know what is the Bible? Where did the Bible come from? How did the, the books come together? But it's in very simple questions that you can do in 30 minutes once a week, but you do commit for a year. I actually did videos, so there's 11 sections, so it's each section there's a little video, and I make the metaphor of like climbing a mountain. So we're going on an adventure together. I'm going to be your guide, and you're going to go through this spiritual journey together as a family. And so at, at the beginning of each section, you can watch a video, and I just want to encourage families as they go. But we're going to do like a, a group. There's going to be some online resources, but on this card, there's a QR code. Like if your church or your people are interested in going through this, you can hit that QR code, respond to us, and all, like, the resources that go along with, with the book, like all that stuff will be free and available for you guys to lead groups through. You know, but I would say just things that have a, a little bit more like this, some structure, and they're a little more than, than just like a parenting weekend, you know, but this is something, this is an equipping tool for parents, okay? And I think that's where, as a church, we need to be thinking like, okay, how can I come alongside and give them the tool but like you don't, the goal is not for any ministry leaders here to, to take 52 weeks and lead a family. That's actually what we don't want. <laughs> we, want we want you to have them come like, oh, can you help me do this? And maybe you show up and maybe you, like we have, our, our thought is like having a launch group, you know, we've equipped everything so you can launch families into it. Maybe have a quarterly like potluck and say, how's it going? And you can interact with them. But it's really like, hey, would you just kind of lead because I'm, I'm sure people will say, hey, we started doing this, but we kind of would rather have you guys just lead our kids through this. We're like, no, no, we want, that's the whole point. Like, it's like we, this is to equip, you know, the parents to have these conversations. And it, it does get hard to have these conversations and where your kids are struggling, but you need to know that it's like, well, I don't believe God made the earth. Okay, what do you believe? I do. Like a lot of parents, that's a conversation. Hey, let's start at Genesis 1-1. That's a great place to start, you know? And it's like, how do we think the world got here? Because they want to answer the question. They're hearing other things in the world, on the internet, from school. Like, let's decide for this household and even for the parents to say, to tell their kids how they believe the world came into being, right? And so it's more powerful to hear it from their parents and from their youth pastor, Right? And of course, they should be reinforcing each other. That's the goal is the parents are speaking and then those that are serving in children's and youth that we're both saying the same thing. Because really, and I'll land it with this, that the research that shows like children that have um, faith like beyond, you know, to take on their own faith, they have three to five influences outside of their parents that are speaking, that are godly influences in their lives. And so we've been, like with our kids and Abby, you, you probably already known this. I might be like sharing something you didn't know about this. But with our kids, we were like very strategic, like with their friends. And sometimes we wouldn't, they wouldn't, we wouldn't always say what we were doing. <laughs> oh, I know they knew that. But, but it's like we're putting them around the right people, the right influences. And like Abby's aunt and uncle, um, Josh and Linda, are like, they're just very influential. They love the Lord. And so we would spend time with them so much and their kids because we have the same values, right? And so we just did life together. But we, we would, even when our kids were struggling at times, I would call Uncle Josh and say, hey, could you call 
Brandon, he needs you to talk to him. And he can just talk to him in a certain way. It's different than coming from me. But like for it to help parents have these other influences. So the parents are teaching, but then they're also being strategic to have, here's our, the youth pastor and here's our other friends that are Christians, like this family we like hanging out with that we go have, you know, do fun things with, but they're believers. And so we're kind of having these relationships, but it's, there's intentionality behind what we're doing that we're thinking again for the goal. Yes. So mm-hmm. Getting it. Yeah. Know, like, how do we do it? And so like trying to figure out how to help them <clears throat> put that team together because it is so important. Yeah. Are they in like a church community? The one friend that's like kind of the for a second. Is, but, um, small, so, yeah. You know, but it's yeah. Yeah, and 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 I would say, you know, people sometimes when it talk church, it's like, well, we're going to go to another church for our kids, and and sometimes it's always like, again, I'm always like, pray through that, seek the Lord, but sometimes it is the right decision to put the right kids around or help them. I mean, it, like I said, my my encouragement is just being strategic, and even like having a friend like you, you guys are talking like, hey, let's pray about this, let's think about ideas, like what if you're you were a part of this, there's this group or co-op or there's certain things that are there or youth group, you know, finding that. But I think it's really working on like, okay, what's the, and I'm always like the next step. What's one step? Like we're, we're not going to sprint. And Dave and Sydney talked about that, you know, and I think that's such a great advice for, cause it gets, we get oh, so overwhelmed. And then we also feel like, man, parenting's so hard. Like I'm not, I am not doing good at this. <laughs> you know what I mean? We all feel that. And so it's like, I'm always just like, hey, what's, let's find the next right step that's going to move us forward. And then you take another one and then you realize like, wow, we're making progress over time. So I think we're, I think I need to land this thing, you guys. It's been so awesome. 432. Can I pray for us and just pray for you guys as we close? Lord Jesus, uh, we just pray just over these conversations. And, and this is a challenging area where there's a lot of emotion and there, there's just a lot going on in our culture. And we need your help, God. We're just asking. I'm asking for every family represented here. I'm asking for every community, uh, every church, that you can help us. Like we were saying, it's like one family at a time. We're, just, we're asking for small victories, but we also want to pray for just bigger, like, philosophical just commitment to say to help families understand that the most important thing for them is that their kids have a relationship with you and to figure out how to make that the filter and the grid for their lives lord i pray you can help us as a church and and in america specifically god help us to be able to communicate this in a way that can really get some traction for families so we can see just a huge difference in in kids walking with you Thank you for our time. God bless everybody here. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. All right. Hey, God bless you guys. You bet. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for listening to that episode, y'all. I'll bet you enjoyed hearing from Jason with Seeds Family Worship. Up next, we've got Steve McCoy with Small Circle, and he always has some incredibly insightful and encouraging things to say. So make sure you stay tuned, hit subscribe so that you can know when I release the next episode. All right, y'all, enjoy the rest of your day, and I hope to catch you on the next one. See ya. See ya.